This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. And most people don't think of professional race car drivers as entrepreneurs, but there's nothing more entrepreneurial, in my opinion, than someone like Kyle Larson. He is the number five for Hendrick Cars at HendrickCars.com. He's an incredible NASCAR racer and a philanthropist as well. Welcome to The Playbook, Kyle. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. You know, it's interesting because entrepreneurship uh, is defined in a varying ways. And uh, I've been doing it for a long time, longer than you've been born, as I see when you were born. Uh, but, you know, I define entrepreneurship as someone who has learned to enjoy the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of their own potential. That to me is truly entrepreneurship, someone who can make money from doing that and help people from doing that and have fun. Uh, and mm -hmm. they're, you know, looking at you, I think you could be an icon for entrepreneurship because you're someone that knows exactly how to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. You know, at what age did you uh, have this desire that you must be what you can be, which is the desire that it takes to be the best in the world? Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I never really, considered myself a entrepreneur you know because I was just I've just raced and I love to race but the you know hearing you put it that way it's like yeah you know you really are and um you know I dedicate my life every minute of my life basically to um my profession um you're driving race cars and it's not just driving race cars it's everything outside of it and all the stuff during the week of you know some meetings and prepping for the weekends and um you know, post-practice debriefs, um, you know, working out in the gym, just trying to be as ready as you can be for the weekend um, ahead. And then even, you know, post-race, you know, more meetings and then kind of repeat. And, you know, the last two days I've been testing at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So we did, gosh, over 600 miles there. So um, it, it never stops. And, and, I, and I'm way more uh, into it, I guess, than any of my competitors, you know, because, I race a lot outside of NASCAR as well. So, you know, even when I'm not racing on Sundays, you know, I'll race, you know, during the week in a dirt late model or a sprint car or something like that, just because I feel like it makes me better. And it's just more opportunity for me to learn something new and kind of hone my craft and, um, and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's time consuming, but, um, I love it. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, the more I race, the better I get. And as much as you love racing and you wouldn't be doing all the extra things that you do, I have a, a definition of someone like you. You know, there's tons of guys that go the extra mile. Um, but to be the best, you have to go the extra mile every day. You know, a lot of people go the extra mile. And you see this with some of, you know, your competitors. They'll go the extra mile every once in a while. Then they'll justify why they're not where they want to be because they didn't go the extra mile every day. It seems to me that your mindset is to go the extra mile every single day. Um, and to that end, it's, it's not easy because the simple things to do are simple not to do. And uh, how do you keep the inspiration uh, going uh, so consistently to be able to not just get the thrills of racing on Sunday, but go ahead and hone your craft and practice so much? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I... I wasn't always um, 
I, I would say I wouldn't always go the extra mile um, when I was kind of coming up. I think, you know, because, you know, at the time I feel like I was just very naturally talented and, and I still have a lot of natural talent, but um, once you get to the, the highest forms of whatever you're competing in and racing, like everybody's good and you, know, you got to find what it takes to, um, to just devote enough quality time to getting better. And uh, I used to never work out. I, I try to work out you know, almost every day now. Um, you know, I didn't used to look at data quite as much as I do now um, and all of that. So yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, it, it's um, comes with a lot of sacrifice. I think trying to take advantage of your prime and, and um, you just, just be the best you know, athlete you can be um, while I'm in my thirties, uh, early thirties right now. And, you know, I, I miss a lot of stuff with my family. Um, you know, I don't get to go to a lot of, uh, you know, my kids, you know, functions or sporting events and stuff like that, because my racing consumes my life. And, um, like I said, I want to take advantage of, of this time while I'm young and can earn the money. Uh, that it takes to you know, live a comfortable lifestyle the rest of my life and hopefully for my kids you know, generations too. Yeah, and you're doing such a great job of it. And you talk about the money and talk about being an entrepreneur and part of being an entrepreneur is to make money. Um, but racing, just like other sports, is I ran the most notable sports agency in the world and had to deal with the reconciliation of you know amazing people like a Warren Moon or a Troy Aikman or a Steve Young uh, who would play for free uh, and have to reconcile the fact that you can't play for free and you got to be paid for all the people that bother you and all the exposure awareness and, you know, all the freedoms that we give up. You know, I always would tell them, look, you don't get pay paid to play football, you know, on Sundays, you get paid for all the other stuff. And, you know, let's make sure that you get paid enough for all the other stuff. Because like you said, you spend time away from some of, the more pr prioritized things in our lives, but it is a business. And the reason I wanted to have you on is that you and I share a great philosophy in life. I uh, lost over a hundred million dollars uh, in 2008. I went bankrupt uh, and I learned a great lesson of being accountable for myself. And there was three stages of accountability that I had to go through. One is like, what did I do to be responsible for this idiotic thing that I did? Um, you know, and what am I going to learn from it Two, you know, what did I do to attract it, right? The people and ideas that were around me and what was I supposed to learn from it? And then finally, what was I doing to participate in the perception of being a, an idiot and losing all my money? And, you know, it wasn't fun. Um, and you, you know, also had an essay that I loved, which was my lessons learned. And I think it showed great maturity and great accountability uh, that we all make mistakes and, you know, they're amplified when we're famous, you know, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I love when reporters would ask some of my athletes or even me for doing stupid stuff. You know, I sometimes want to say, you know what, let me just get a private investigator to follow you around, you know, for a year and let me, let me write about you. Uh, Cause you know, people should not throw glass stones when you know, my intentions are good. What were some of the lessons learned that you wrote about in your essay uh, that I think elevated your brand and was part of the reason of your success today? Yeah, I think, 
you know, everything kind of hit me all at once then, um, you know, between COVID and, and not knowing where our sport was headed and um, obviously my mistake um, and losing my job and, and, you know, millions of dollars probably, you know, over the last you know, couple of years, I would say even to this point now, I probably still don't earn as much as what I could have made if, if I didn't, you know, make that mistake. So um, it was just, you know, a, a huge uh, lesson for, for myself, but, but not only me and you know, my family and uh, my kids, you know, someday uh, we'll, we'll learn and, and I'll be able to teach them um, the right way to, to be. And, um, you know, you still instill that in them every day currently, but, you know, one, one day when they do, you'll learn uh, about why their dad, you lost their job for, you know, a year, um, all that, but um, really just <clears throat> maturing a lot and, and spending a lot of time with my family that year. That was the most time I've ever got to spend with my wife and kids um, consecutive days in a row. Um, you know, we just, I, I went, you know, back to racing dirt stuff and um, got to spend a lot of quality time with close friends of mine. Um, but especially my family, which was really nice. And, you know, I, I, I honestly, I miss uh, that year a little bit, even with all the craziness and stress that, you know, I put my family through um, it was, it was good to do and, and kind of just self-reflecting on everything you had mentioned too, you know, how you're responsible for the mistakes and taking account accountability and, and owning that and trying to learn and grow from it, uh, was very important. So, um, there was a lot of that, that year. And then, you know, thankfully, lucky, luckily enough, getting signed with Rick Hendrick later on that year, um, and then spending more time with Rick and everybody at Hendrick Automotive Group and Jeff Gordon, like just surrounding myself with, you know, very smart people, well-respected people, um, you know, helped kind of me grow up even more. So, um, yeah, surrounding yourself with, with good people is, I think, the most important piece. I have four children, and if you ask them what's the number one piece of advice that their dad keeps on pounding into them and show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And you certainly have surrounded yourself with really great friends, uh, which is showing and will continue over all the decades that you still will be involved in racing in a variety of different ways. Um, but one of the other things of why I really wanted to have you here is that beyond making a lot of money and having a lot of fun, beyond having the desire that you must be what you can be and learning from our mistakes and the lessons that only protect and promote us in the future, you do a lot of charitable things. And uh, you created the Kyle Larson Foundation uh, that is dedicated to bringing people together. And you support so many different charitable organizations with families and communities uh, around the country. Um, how important is that aspect now that you're in your 30s? And I know when I got to be in my 30s as well, you know, I started seeing things a little bit differently. Uh, pretty much 99.9% .9 of all people uh, actually learn as they grow. Uh, but why and how is that so important, the Drive for Five campaign that you have um, in supporting uh, our community? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's, it's kind of a fun uh, project in a way. You know, I, I never had a, my own foundation um, until, you know, 2021. And, um, you know, I would, go, I would go participate in other drivers' events or other, you know, celebrities' events and enjoyed it. But I never wanted the hassle of, of having my own and the work that went along with it. But, um, 
you know, throughout 2020 with my mistake, you know, I had a lot of people that supported me and, you know, the Urban Youth Racing School being one, the, the Sane Foundation being another. Um, so when I, you know, had made it back to the Cup Series and had a, a platform again to help others, um, you know, it was important for me to start my own foundation, um, support those foundations who had helped me a lot. Um, and I still continue to do that. So um, I've done I've done a lot with the Urban Youth Racing School, and um, it's been it's been fun. You getting to know Anthony and Michelle a bit more, and uh, all the students that come in through their to their class. Um, you know, learning about motorsports and all that, and uh, introducing you know kids from the urban area to racing is is really cool. And you know, kids are important to me. Racing is obviously important to me, so I'm a good fit to support them. But um, I look to grow it even more. I, I want to find other things to support and be a part of and you know kind of have my own event maybe someday um to, to help raise some money to help you know, the people that that are important to me so um yeah it's been fun and and uh the better i run on the racetrack the, the more money is, is donated through the driver five program so um puts a little extra pressure which you're doing a great job uh, responding to that pressure with all the success you're having on the track uh, just to finish up, was there one lesson during COVID? Uh, and I shared the same experience. People asked me, you know, what did I take away? And I said, you know, I'm someone who's been blessed to have access that even billionaires can't have uh, being on the track at NASCAR and Indy racing and F1 and being on the sidelines at a Super Bowl. Uh, but I had said, you know, somebody, the lesson I learned from COVID with having dinner every night with all my kids and I, even my niece moved in with me. But I learned that I would rather trade one of those dinners. I get choked up thinking about it. One of those dinners for two tickets on the sideline at next year's Super Bowl, uh, even if the Los Angeles Chargers were in the Super Bowl, which is mine and my son's team. And now my son cringed when I said that. He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll go without you. Uh, but was there something that raised its value from, you know, you and I travel our entire lives here now you learned something being at home. Was there something that you learned that you would trade or, you know, a prioritization that you didn't realize was so important in your life? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think not only just COVID itself, getting to spend more time with, you know, my wife and kids, but me losing my job and, and being forced to, to be around them more um, was, was really a, a, all a blessing in disguise. Um, I think is, yeah, same thing you said, you know, I would, I would trade a lot to, uh, to go. I mean, we would be on the road for seven weeks in our motorhome at, at a time and, um, going from track to track and campground to campground. And, um, it was just simple. Like life was to me, I, I know a lot of people, um, were, you know, tragically affected by COVID and, you know, negatively. And, um, you know, I, though, I, I, my life became way more simple and um, I miss it. I, I do a little bit, but again, going back, like I want, now that I'm back in the cup series, I do want to take advantage of these years while I'm in my prime. And then you enjoy those simpler ways of living, you know, 10 or, or so years from now again. So while I'm still young. Um, so, yeah, I think just uh, our lives though are, are definitely more simple um we cook at home more we I feel like we spend less money um yeah. now after realizing that you can live 
way simpler and uh, just spending more quality time with your with your friends and family. Wow, we'll be happy to see you again this season in the winter circle on the track, but especially seeing you in the winter circle off the track. Someone like you certainly deserves it for the superpreneur himself. He doesn't see himself as an entrepreneur, maybe, and hopefully I didn't ruin his own uh, perception of self, but he certainly is a winner in my book. Kyle Larson, number five in the playbook, number one in my heart. As the racing goes, thanks for joining me here on The Playbook.